Thanks for tuning in to the Follow Church weekly message. Our hope and prayer is that you will find this message uplifting and challenging as we seek to follow Jesus in our community for His glory. Our passages for today are Proverbs 3, verses 13 to 18, and 4, verses 5 to 7. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Moving to chapter 4 now. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Thank you, Nathan. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Ah, good to hear from both of you. Hey, um, there was once a man walking along a beach, and as he walked, he, uh, he saw an old lamp in the sand, and so he bent over and picked it up, and as he brushed the dust off it, sure enough, bang, out popped a genie. And the genie said, oh, my master, what is your heart's desire? I will grant you one wish within reason. And the man thought about it. He didn't have, didn't have to think too long because he knew what he wanted. And he said, I wish to live forever. And the genie said, hang on, hang on, not so fast. Your, your wish has to be finite. You can't wish for unlimited wealth or unlimited wishes. And you can't wish to live forever. It's got to be measurable. So choose again. And the man thought, oh, boy, some, some genie. You know. Anyway, um, he thought he really wanted... A long life. He was, had a phobia about death and he thought there's got to be a loophole, there's got to be a way. So he thought about it and he said, I wish to live until St Kilda wins another AFL premiership. <laughs> so you probably know the story of Aladdin and his magic lamp and uh, you probably know it's just a story, but have you ever imagined what if it was true and what if it was you? What if that really happened? And of course, in case you didn't realise, sorry to disappoint, but genies are not real. And even if they were, why would you trust them? Why would they be on your side? Genies are just a slave to grant you a wish. They might give you your wish, but not really in your interest, because they don't really care about you. You might wish for good health, and you'll be the healthiest person in the whole cemetery. (laughs) You might wish for heaps of money and get crushed to death under five million ten-cent coins. Now, last week, as you hopefully recall, we celebrated Christmas. And at Christmas time, we get stuff, don't we? We give and exchange gifts. Some of us don't get enough stuff at Christmas, so Boxing Day, we rush out and get more stuff. And um, I must confess, this year, for the first time in my life, I got up early on Boxing Day and went to a Boxing Day sale. I was there at the shop when the door opened. They had a great sale, it was a shoe shop, and it was buy one, get one free, and I couldn't resist, so I, I went down there. Thank you, Paul, someone got it. Anyway, 
So when I was growing up, at Christmas time, we used to, in my family, we all write a wish list, think things we would like to get for Christmas. So you could look at each other's lists and you know, know what each other wanted, you know, know what they wanted, so we'd know what to buy. And my wish list generally looked something like this. I'd wish for some new books to read, and um, maybe a new toy or a new, new gadget, you know, as I got older, you know, something for the car. I'd wish for some money to spend. I'd wish for some new clothes that I couldn't always justify buying on myself. And maybe a few munchies just when I was hungry, you know, some peanut M&Ms or some shortbread or something nice just for me to nibble on. Of course, the year later, my wish list would be more books, because I've read those ones, and more money, because I've spent those ones, and more munchies, because I've eaten those ones, and a newer, better, bigger toy, because that one's obsolete, and, uh, and some new clothes, because I've worn those ones. See, that was all temporary. It was just the same thing over and over again. And yet, we still enjoy the giving and receiving of gifts. Now, hopefully at Christmas time this year, hopefully we remembered the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus. I know Luke reminded us last Sunday, sorry, way last, last Sunday, Luke on Christmas Eve, we certainly got reminded that the greatest gift of all is Jesus. And not only Jesus is the greatest gift of all, Jesus gives the best gifts. Have you ever thought about the gifts that Jesus gives us? Jesus gives us love. And not just that fleeting emotional feeling, you know, you feel love, you know, the first time she holds your hand. I mean, that's a pretty awesome moment, isn't it? And then a few weeks later, you see her holding someone else's hand and it's not quite so special anymore. Um, Jesus gives unconditional, permanent love. Jesus gives us joy. Now, we all experience joy in different ways. I I've been very blessed in my life. I'm a Hawthorne supporter, so I've, I've experienced joy a number of times. But my joy comes at someone else's expense because I know it's hard to believe, but there are some people on this earth who actually don't like Hawthorne, who actually wish Hawthorne wouldn't win any more premierships. You, know you can't fathom people. But anyway, it's true, and that's how they are. So that kind of joy comes at someone else's expense and someone else's pain. And if, heaven forbid, Essendon ever won a premiership, someone, other people would feel joy and I'd be disgusted. So, you know, that's just the way that kind of joy is. But Jesus gives joy, joy to the world, as we sang earlier, joy for everyone that we can all share, a much better kind of joy. Jesus gives peace, peace that passes human understanding. As Ray shared with us last week, Jesus gives us the right to be called the children of God. How awesome is that? Jesus offers forgiveness, something that we can never, ever buy. Ultimately, Jesus offers eternal life, something we can never achieve on our own, no matter how hard we try. And God can also grant us wisdom, which is another great gift. A genie could never provide any of those things. In fact, all the best gifts in life come from God, when you think about it. Air, it's pretty valuable, isn't it? Air, water, life, sight, taste, sunshine, rain. Hopefully it rains all day over the MCG. That would be fantastic. Um, the ability to think and learn and, of course, wisdom. God's gifts are good and meaningful and permanent and worthwhile. In fact, the Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from God. So with that in mind, imagine if God, who is real, granted you a wish. God, who does love you, who does care about you, who does have your best interests in heart. God, who is all-powerful. Imagine if God granted you one 
wish. What would you wish for? It might seem unlikely that God would grant a person a wish, but it is, has happened once before. Second Chronicles chapter 1, same story is told in 1 Kings about chapter 3, but God appeared to King Solomon in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Pretty awesome, hey? And Solomon asked for wisdom. A little bit of background. Solomon is the the son of King David, so he's just inherited the throne. Uh, David, his father, has died. All of his brothers have been fighting for the throne, but David has anointed Solomon. So this is the middle of like the golden era of Old Testament Israel history. And Solomon asks for wisdom, for discernment, for a wise heart so he can lead well. Not health or wealth or good looks or fame, not death to all his enemies, not personal success. He asked for wisdom because wisdom was his first choice, his highest priority, his ultimate dream, to have wisdom to do what is right. And God was pleased with his choice. In fact, God was so impressed with his choice that he also blessed him with honour and wealth and long life. And God granted Solomon's request and blessed him with wisdom. King Solomon became famous for his wisdom. There's a story in the Old Testament about two women who come before Solomon because they're having a dispute and they want justice. And one of the women says, look, me and my friend, we share a house and we both had a baby uh, within three days of each other, so the babies are very close in age and there was no one else in the house and one night my friend rolled over in her sleep and she accidentally smothered her baby and the baby died and then she woke up and she came and put the dead baby in my bed and she took my living baby into her bed. And so I woke up in the morning and found this dead baby and I thought, oh no, and then in the cold light of day I realised it's not even my baby, it was her baby. And the other woman says, no, 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 the living baby's my baby and the dead baby's her baby. And they argue to and fro before the king. One of those things is, one, one word against another, Solomon needed wisdom and discernment to find the truth. So Solomon said, all right, bring me a sword. And we'll cut the baby in half and you can have half each. And one of the women said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't hurt the baby. She can have the baby, but whatever you do, don't hurt the child. And the other woman said, yeah, it seems fair. Cut it in half and we both get half. I'm okay with that. So Solomon gave the baby to the woman who cared about the child, the woman who put the child's interest above her own, the woman who would rather see the child live with someone else than be put to death. A very wise discernment. See, wisdom is different than IQ or education or knowledge. Knowledge is good, but wisdom is better. Knowledge is useful, wisdom is priceless. You can know things, but if it doesn't translate to action, it's kind of pointless. I was talking with my kids about this during the week, and my daughter Megan summed it up like this. Knowledge is dormant information, but wisdom is practical application. See, knowledge tells us that a tomato is actually a fruit. And wisdom says, don't put tomato in the fruit salad. (laughs) See, knowledge says that drugs are bad for you. And wisdom says, stay off the drugs. Knowledge says that any AFL team has a mathematical chance of winning the grand final next year. Wisdom says, don't get your hopes up until the third week of September and then see how you're going. See, wisdom requires action. And James 1 says, do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says. Hey, um, I'm very happy with the rain over the MCG, but maybe just not for a little few minutes yet. 
Anyway, knowledge tells us about God, but wisdom can only come from knowing God. I'm going to say that twice because that sums up my whole teaching and my application for today. Knowledge tells us about God. Wisdom can only come from knowing God. True, godly, biblical wisdom can only come from the author, the creator, from God himself. And King Solomon asked for wisdom. He could have asked for wealth, and I suspect that probably many people would, And wisdom can actually help you accumulate wealth if that is important to you. There's an old saying, when the rich man and the wise man do business together, the wise man always gets richer, the rich man hopefully gets wiser. See, wisdom is a great gift because there are many benefits. And wisdom is a worthy goal for all of us because many people can benefit from true wisdom. As we heard this morning, Uh, From Nathan, wisdom is more profitable than silver. It yields better returns than gold. It is more precious than rubies. And nothing else we desire can compare with wisdom. Job, chapter 28, describes all of these things that people can know. It has a whole bunch of examples of things that people can know about. But then verse 12 asks, But do people know where to find wisdom? The answer is no, because it goes on to say, God alone knows the way to wisdom. And the chapter concludes saying, the fear of the Lord is true wisdom. But wisdom can help in a lot of ways. Wisdom can help, help you make healthy lifestyle choices. Wisdom can help us to discern right from wrong. In fact, wisdom can also help us to understand the difference between good and best. You know, the Bible talks about people who did what seemed right in their own eyes. Now, you might think, well, that's a good thing. They thought it was the right thing, and so they did it. In the context that the Bible uses it, no, it's not a good thing. These are people who trusted their own wisdom, their own ideas, who made up their own standards, and instead of God's, they followed their own wisdom. And in God's eyes, that is actually foolishness. In fact, Proverbs 14, 12 specifies, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. So true wisdom can only come from God. And wisdom can help us to discern not only right from wrong, but what is appropriate, what is godly, what is the best response, rather than just what seems good. In Mark chapter 2, there's a story. This is very early in Jesus' public ministry. And um, he's already done some miracles and attracted a crowd and people are following him. And you already get the impression that Jesus is trying to focus on the teaching, but the people want to see, they're coming for the show. They want to see miracles. They want to come and get something, get healed of something. And they're looking for the spectacular and Jesus is just wanting to teach. And some things don't change all that much. But Jesus goes into this house and the house is packed full of people and uh, no one else can get in. And there's four men, they bring their crippled friend, they carry him on a mat, this is Four caring, nice friends. They want their friend to get healed. They come to the house, and the house is so full, no one else can get in. And so they're very determined. They care about their crippled friends, so they climb on the roof of the house, and they dig a hole through the roof, and they lower their friend, still on his mat, down through the hole in the roof, right in front of Jesus. I don't know if you've ever imagined yourself inside that house at the time, okay? You're one of the lucky ones. You got inside. You're listening to, the, to Jesus. You're thinking, how good is this? And then there's this disturbance up above, and... 
debris starts falling down. What's going on up there? And then this hole appears in the roof and then this crippled guy on a mat gets lowered down through the roof right in front of Jesus. If you lived in that town, you obviously probably knew the guy, knew he was crippled. Even if you didn't, you can pretty quickly tell this guy is crippled, he's, on a, he's confined to his mat, he needs his legs to be healed. I wonder if Jesus can even heal a crippled man. And everyone in the, in the room is looking and thinking about the guy's legs. And Jesus looks at the man and he says, your sins are forgiven. Now, I don't know about you, I reckon if I was in the room, you'd be thinking, what? Beg your pardon? What just happened? What did he say? Really? And there were some teachers of religious law in the, in the room, and they, weren't, they were pretty upset. They were thinking, who does this guy think he is? Only God's got the, the authority to forgive sins. And so Jesus uh, knows exactly what they're thinking, and he talks to them, and he says, to, to demonstrate my, my authority to forgive sins, I'll also heal this man. And he says to him, hey, mate, pick up your mat, get up and walk. And the guy does. He gets up, walks home, and everyone praises God, and fantastic. But Jesus knew when he looked at that man, what seemed good was to heal his legs, but what was most important was to forgive his sins. If you could talk to that man right now, if you could go into eternity, find that guy and say, hey, mate, if you could go back in time to that moment and have your choice, one or the other, have your legs healed or your sins forgiven, what do you think he'd choose? Think he could have had another 10, 20, 30, 40 years of a healthy life, unless, of course, he got sick or had another accident because, you know, there's no, no guarantees in life. He could have had that and then eternity of unforgiveness, or would you have endured another 20 years of being a cripple and have eternity in heaven? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Of course he would choose to have his sins forgiven. And Jesus knew what, was, what seemed good or what is actually the best thing. A few weeks ago, I, I met a guy called Sean. Uh, for those of you who are involved in the food van, Sean is the man who donated the Bain Marie for us. Very generous, very kind. A uh, very passionate man. Sean, Sean told me a bit of his life story. He's a Christian. Uh, uh, went to church. But, uh, Sean said his, he was a workaholic. That's his own word. He was obsessed with his career, working hard for good reasons. He wanted to provide for his family. He wanted to be generous. All stuff that seemed good. But Sean said he sort of fitted church in when it suited with his work. He, um, he tended to neglect his family, his wife and his children because he was a workaholic and he was obsessed with his job. And then he got sick. He has, uh, I didn't write it down, something myelitis. It's very similar to what Wayne has with MS. And his health is deteriorating. He's, uh, he already needs a cane to walk. He's having chemo. He's had to give up work. And um, his whole outlook on life has had to change because he can't work anymore. And that was his life. That was his obsession. That was... He was a workaholic. And Sean said to me, Do you know, he said, I'm a whole lot better off now. He said, I'm at church every week. I'm reading the word. My relationship with God has never been better. My marriage has never been better. I'm spending more time with my family. Everything about his life has changed. And he said, it's much, much better now. Sean had some very well-meaning friends who uh, saw what had happened to him, that he had to give up work. And they came around and they would pray for him and they, they would pray for physical healing. And he said, Sean told me, he said, I had to tell him, no, stop. Don't pray for physical healing because I'm a whole lot better off now. If I'm healed physically, I might end up going back to doing exactly what I was doing before and I'm actually better off now. See, a wise person learns from experience and Sean certainly learned a valuable lesson 
and got his priorities in order. But wise people can also learn from other people's experiences. So we can learn from Sean and don't wait till God makes us sick and gives us a really drastic shake-up before we get our priorities right. Let's just do it anyway. If anything or anyone is more important to you than God, then you need to rearrange your priorities. And I know church, church is not God and church is not perfect, but church is God's model for how his people meet together and fellowship together and support each other and encourage each other and bless each other. And so if our hobbies or sport or jobs or relationships or whatever keeps us away from church, then ultimately we end up out of kilter with God's design and how God has planned it to be. So we need to keep our priorities in, a, in godly order. When we do what seems right in our own eyes, we often ignore God and we end up doing what we want because we'll justify whatever we want. And when we do that, we make mistakes, we cause problems and we hurt other people. We would all be better off if everyone did things God's way. And that's why we all need wisdom. So hopefully you agree with me that we all should pursue wisdom, desire wisdom, seek wisdom. And maybe you're thinking, yep, it's all good, Dave. I could do with some more wisdom. So what do I do? I'm glad you asked. Good question. Step one in the pursuit of wisdom. Step one is ask God. Pretty simple, right? James 1.5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. You could rewrite that. If you are human, because we all need more wisdom in life, right? If you need wisdom, ask God and he will give it to you. Step two, read the Bible. That's what it's there for. It's not actually a decorative ornament. The Bible is full of God's wisdom. It's full of God's instructions, God's guidance. Read Proverbs. Read the Gospels and the stories of Jesus. Read the New Testament, the, all the epistles. Read Job. Read Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes might be depressing, but get to the end. It's worth it. Read the Bible. It's a fantastic book. It is God's letter, God's guidebook to you, God's handbook. As I, just this week, as I was researching this sermon, I read a forum online, and someone, someone asked the question, wouldn't it be nice if life came with a handbook to tell us what really matters and what we're supposed to do? And I thought, it does! It's called the Bible! But unfortunately, a lot of people today reject that. They dismiss it. They're not interested. People, people mock, people scoff, people write and talk about you know, your imaginary friend in the sky and the Jesus fairy and all these things. And I don't know about you, it grieves my heart, I'll get mad, but we have to pray for those people. Psalm 14 says, Fools say in their heart, there is no God. And unfortunately, there are a lot of fools in the world today. Don't be a fool. Wisdom believes God, respects God, obeys God. So step one in the pursuit of wisdom, ask God. Step two, read the Bible. And step three, do what it says. Remember, don't just read it and know about it, but do what it says. Hearing is knowing, wisdom is doing so read the word, absorb it, meditate on it, memorise it, understand it, think about it, apply it, quote it, live it. Let it transform you from within. 
The Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This is not fear as in scared of getting caught doing the wrong thing. This is fear as in respect, as in reverence, as in awe. This is an acknowledgement that God is God and we are not. Giving God his proper place in our heart, in our mind and in our life. Proverbs 15 says, The fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. So we cannot, cannot ever attain true wisdom without God. So to sum up today, what I want you to know, what I'm hoping that you learned from today, is that wisdom is good and valuable and priceless and worth having. It is a gift from God. But of course, if you've been listening, you realise that knowing without doing is kind of pointless. So what I hope that you will do in response to today's message is pursue wisdom. Maybe, as Nathan read to us this morning, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. You might be thinking about New Year's resolutions. So add the pursuit of wisdom to your list. You might be setting goals for the next period of your life. Add wisdom. You might be a young person just starting out in adult life and you're thinking about your priorities and what you want to achieve and what you want to be remembered for and what you want to do with your life. Then I encourage you, be like King Solomon and put wisdom at the top of your list. You might be looking for a new hobby. You might be looking for something more substantial, more meaningful, more significant in your life. Whatever your stage of life, I encourage you, I urge you, I plead with you, pursue wisdom. And how do we do that? We ask God. We read the Bible and we do what it says. Thanks for listening to our message this week. If it's stirred your heart and you would like to talk to someone more about it or pray with someone, please get in touch with us at info at follow.church and one of our pastoral team will get back to you as soon as possible. If you'd like more information about Follow and our various ministries, including weekly service times and location, please check out our website, www.follow.church. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.